sheltered in place here in Corona-stricken Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and you're listening to me talk on the internet. And now for some music. I am joined in studio today, as always, by my illustrious co-host, Ben Gordon. You're talking on the internet, Ben. Hey, Lee. Good to be with you today, virtually, of course. Yeah, so when I say in studio, I mean that we're in the proverbial studio, you know, the uh, the poetic studio, the royal studio, as it were. The I am an island. No one is an island. I am the walrus. We each have our own studio now, do we not? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, right. I think that's what's that's what's happening in America is that everyone basically has their own studio. I'm happy to say that my wife actually just started uh, her first podcast yesterday. So, uh, oh, great. Yes, we got another we got another uh, podcast uh, up and running here in Handsome Headquarters. So you know she's doing her own thing, producing her own thing. But you know I'd like to think that she's part of the extended Liberal Guilt Radio uh, family. So um, if you're out there, uh, go ahead and uh, search. This is trash, <laughs> which is That's the name great. of the pod. Yeah. So with I love it with Brad and Millie. So. Um, yeah, check it out. So a lot of stuff has happened. So we actually did record an episode, um, gosh, a couple of weeks ago, right before everything seemed to go on lockdown and all hell broke loose related to this COVID-19. So there's a couple of reasons why I did not um, post up that particular pod. Uh, uh, the first was that you were uh, eating candy uh, throughout most of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so well, like was- to be clear. Lollipops. Dum-dums. So there was like the disgusting element of you sucking on a lollipop. And there's a lot of people out there. I'm not really one of these people that can't handle it when someone um, like eats on camera or on mic. It just drives them totally bonkers. Um, I'm not one of those people, but I have to say I was sufficiently disgusted. Um, I tried to edit around it. Um, But then by the time I had edited around it, um, things had changed so dramatically in the situation with this – this virus um, that like all of the stuff that we were saying just seemed like irrelevant and honestly like tone deaf because a lot has happened. Um, And we were sort of saying at that point though, that we are more afraid of um, our fellow humans and how they've been freaking out hoarding things uh, than we are of the actual virus. So um, have you had any particular encounters um, since, uh, since uh, California was ordered by Gavin Newsom to sort of shelter in place, anything weird happened to you? Not weird. I mean, some like um, relatively good. So I've been going to a food bank and actually uh, helping there and being the one that actually drops food off at uh, vulnerable seniors who are told specifically not to leave. And there's just a lot of, I mean, you know, we're we're practicing um, precautions when we're there, but, still getting food to the most needy people um, and not over glamorizing all of these profiteering food service delivery companies, which obviously are are helping people, but the people that most need help are not using Uber Eats. Of course. Wow. And so so that's been, that's been good. Nice. Um, Trying to do some interesting stuff with public banking using Great. the emergency, maybe to use emergency powers or trying to get in, in there and uh, start public banks. Because if you look at Germany's response, one of the things that's helped them at the local level is being able to leverage um, 
monetary policy to magnify their impact. So, you know, like LA gives an $11 million fund for small businesses. If it was through a public bank, it would be 110 million Mm. roughly. And so things like that. Um, So there is some reassuring stuff going on. I do want to, if I could also give a shout out to, and this is a legitimate one. I know Lee, you and I have talked several times over the last few months about is Trump and his henchmen going to um, try to wage war with Iran? And finally, yesterday or the day before, I started poking around a little bit. And actually, there was a a memo leaked to the New York Times a few days Mm -hmm. ago. And so I want to give a a patriotic shout out to U.S. Army Lieutenant General Robert P. White. Nice. Uh, If you look him up, basically what's going on, you know, he is he is a he's a brave general here. He's standing up to Trump, Pompeo. Robert wow. O'Brien, who's our national security advisor, in concert with Benjamin Netanyahu um, mm. and Saudi Arabia's de facto leader, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam. What uh-huh. they're trying to do right now is say that we need to attack certain Iranian-held militia bases in Iraq. Iranian. Iranian in, that are in Iraq as a right. preventative measure. And so I believe uh, Lieutenant General White, when he says this is not preventative, He's in the room with these people and he hears what they say. Wow. Um, he's the one that actually commanded the American forces in Iraq, Robert All right. White. And so what he's saying is that this is not just what they say it is. This is an explicit um, group trying to provoke war with what we've said at times that a wartime president is more likely to win. It's, and, and so like, let's right. say he is successful in prevailing uh, to, to block this because the Joint Chiefs of Staff is also against it. But, you know, even if it's blocked, what it also is disconcerting is that this is the stuff that are some of the highest ranking people in the country. This is what they're having to spend their time doing rather than focusing on some of the most pressing issues, trying to prevent something that's completely unnecessary and damaging. And so while I salute uh, Lieutenant General White, it's just like, think of all the other things that could be going on right now with such a, uh, I don't know. So I did want to, I did want to point that out because it goes back to some of what we talked about. Um, and then if I could say one other thing about China, if that's not too much, or do we want to move on here? No, yeah, finish out your thought. So one of the things I think you remember, not sure if you saw my email from last week, uh, just some of the things to track. I've been thinking about this for quite some time now, really starting in 2007, of all of the ways that China could start a geo-economic, geopolitical, all the maneuvering they could do to really become the hegemonic power in the world. Um, and so two things I learned over the last few weeks that start to confirm this. So China is the largest holder of U.S. debt, both corporate, foreign holder, both corporate and our government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they hold, let's say, close to $1.5 trillion in that. Over the last several years, they've dumped about 88 billion of it in favor of buying up gold. Um, and nice. one way to look at this is it's a slow process of uh, leaving the U.S. currency as the standard. And whether the standard becomes uh, the yuan or whether it becomes gold uh-huh. again or something else, there, this is a slow. Like at first, I was being much more uh, apoplectic about it, saying China yeah. is going to try to just dump this, create a, a hyperinflation by getting everyone else to go along and using it in a retaliatory way after what the U S did to them in 2008. 
um, to our leaving them out of uh, some special powers we gave other countries access to our Federal Reserve Bank. Um, they're they're going to take about it much more slowly. You know, if if we think about building dynasties, which uh, Emperor yeah. Xi certainly wants to do, he's declaring himself a lifelong ruler. He wants to start the next Chinese dynasty. I highly doubt he's going to try to do that in a year. He's going to do it over the course of his life. And so this is the slow process. He is president for life. He is. And, you know, so while we're, you know, while we need to waste our time trying to prevent, you know, war with Iran, trying to get a pittance of a progressive policies passed, uh, whether or not China does become the de facto leader of the next, you know, our, several decades will be seen, but these all things make that risk in my mind much greater. Wow. Well, uh, that would be really interesting if we return to the gold standard. And uh, in fact, we have a, a guest that we want to interview here uh, who is an advocate of returning to gold uh, as being the uh, basically the, the main currency of um, world economic exchange. So uh, why don't we go ahead and talk to him? Uh, his okay. name is... Um, PD uh, the Pirate, uh, and he'll be uh, just joining us in a second. So we'll be right back. Talk on the internet with PD the Pirate. And we're back on Talk on the Internet. I am joined in studio by my illustrious co-host, Ben. How you doing, buddy? Hello. Hey, I'm good. I'm still here. And uh, we're also joined uh, by a special guest. Uh, and uh, Ben, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce uh, uh, Pete the Pirate and tell us a little bit about him and how we uh, came to know him? Well, most recently, he's actually the one who was on the Diamond Princess cruise ship that was harbored in Yokohama, Japan, and really alerted the officials that this this is an issue. Uh, uh, that illustrious... be true, Ben. That be true. Yeah. So what's interesting, Pete, is like you have a long history as I... a pirate. But this is one of the first humanitarian efforts when after you boarded the Diamond Princess, you realized you'd actually done it for a humanitarian purpose to bring this to the national world attention. Is that right, Petey? I I took over the ship to prove to people that these are dark and dangerous times and we must guard ourselves against the slow swallowing dark eating away at the earth that comes at the end of the far seas. And that's why I think that this virus that we're fighting is something even worse than some kind of disease that came out of great China, that it might be something even darker, even worse. I... How, how so? Describe that. Well, when you're out on the open sea, you see things like sea birds, and sea birds often have great diseases. And they say that they're not diseases of the land. They're diseases of the mermaids. Mermaids. Interesting. I, I never heard it pronounced that way. Well, fascinating. I guess you haven't seen that movie, The Lighthouse. No. Which did you direct and act in that? Did you write it? I. Well, I was more of a creative consultant on it. I, creative consultant. Wow, you got a great agent, Petey. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Petey, so thank you. I mean, I first want to salute you for uh, bringing that ship into harbor and really raising that this this could be, I've, I've actually myself done well, a lot I'd of- Well, I'd salute you too, but then I'd poke myself in the face with my hook. <laughs> yes. 
That's right. How do you salute someone as a pirate with the, with the hook? Oh, you slap them on the back with your other hand. So there must be a lot of holy people out there. Oh, you bet your arse. Uh, let's, let's stay away from that, Petey. So, so Petey, it's, uh, so, so one thing I have read about uh, reading I, some of the vi- virology I'm not sure I pronounce that word about this current uh, SARS. Yeah, so SARS COVID 2, it's called. So it is uh, one of the coronaviruses. It's a new form. So, one thing that would make it more deadly is that it's more complex. It can mutate more easily and has a specific enzyme that not all viruses do that allow it to actually adapt uh, in real time to new hosts that it takes on, which makes it far more. Uh, contagious and mutable over time. But the upside of that is that by being a more complex uh, entity, that the approach of creating a vaccine actually has more entry points. So so while that doesn't necessarily speed up, or or could possibly speed up the the rate at which we'd be able to come across a vaccine. But, um, you know, this this really is like scurvy on a ship. Like it's going to do... it's it's not going to be a pretty sight. So, I and we've fought mutants before out on the seven seas, but this is a different kind of mutation. Something we, I reckon, we never seen before. And again, that's why she's deadly as hell. Yeah. So, Petey, were you there during the 1918 flu pandemic that I, lasted till 1920? You were. Ah, oh, yes, yes, indeed. So did you ever Dark touch time. down on land or did you just stay out at sea for a year and a half and let it pass by? Oh, we stayed out at sea. I, yes, we did. So did you catch any whales? Like did Moby Dick, anything oh, like that? Oh, there be plenty of whales out there. And I, we caught ourselves a few. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to move to what you came into the studio to talk about today? I sure. Well, we caught ourselves a couple of whales, but then uh, some space travelers from the future came back and brought the whales with them. And that was the last I saw of me whales. So spice travelers from the, was this in the future that then even to our current times where we're really going to see spice travelers be. I, it was the future of our time, but it was 1987. So, well, now it's the past, you see. Ah, okay. Our, so do you want to move? So, so we did bring you in today because uh, for quite some time, gold. so you've had an illustrious, yeah, we wanted to Aye, talk about the gold. gold standard. Aye, William Jennings Bryan, I'll not be crucified on a cross of gold. You or William Jennings Bryan won't be? Well, I'm the one who personally crucified William Jennings Bryan. You did, interesting. I didn't Aye. realize Aye. he was inherited crucified. the wind himself. Aye. Inherited the wind. You're a poet too, are you not, Petey? Aye. We'll need you back on a poetry slam hour, but let's hear a little of your thinking. I, I have some poetry. Would you? Oh, do you want to read a little now before we before we move on to the gold? Sure, I'll do some of the some of the poetry I was doing at the slams. <clears throat> I am okay. a pirate. I sail the seven seas. I am not the pirate of the internet. I am the pirate of the sea. Uh, okay, that's, that's, that's great. Do you have another poem to read? Aye. There once was a man from Nantucket. 
He told all this. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, PD, PD, PD. That's not your poem. We know that for a fact. Okay, okay. All right. Well, let's talk about gold. Yeah. So, 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 what is? So, some would say we just don't need a standard. Oh, you're here to talk about we want the gold standard. So let's hear. Let's hear that argument, PD. Could you could you paint us the picture? Aye. Well, when you think about the liquid market, you see, you can't have just a uh, uh, a currency representing wealth uh, when the entire basis of this wealth is based on the economic stability of the country in question. And when the economic stability of the United States is in disarray, you can't trust the paper. You can only trust gold. So, yeah, so, but gold itself, some have argued, is also an arbitrary, like there is a, you can touch gold, but why is it any better as a, because the U.S. currency could still collapse, uh, even if it was based on gold. Is it not also an arbitrary marker of value? Have you, have you ever tried to bludgeon someone to death with a $2 bill? I honestly can say I have not, and I haven't even thought about it. I, well, I've definitely bludgeoned someone to death with a bar of gold, and I find it a hell of a lot easier than, than using a, a dollar bill. So, yes, I do believe that gold does have a more inherent value than a dollar. So some, one, one of my favorite uh, anthropologists is uh, Professor I, David Graeber. He wrote I, an excellent book called Debt, the First 5,000 Years. Read it. And one of the Love things it. he points out is that the... The, the creation of money as we know it may be in large part linked to the building of uh, large militaries, even up to 5,000 years ago. Oh. So why, so if gold has value partly because you could bludgeon someone to death with a bar of gold, Aye. do we really want our money, which is a store of value and progress to still be linked to a deadly object and violence? Well, of course, Ben. You see, ah, okay. civilization itself is a violent object, a dangerous ah. entity indeed. And if the basis of civilization, the organizing principle behind every civilization is for armed conflict, well, then what the hell else should we have as our currency? What if we based it on, say, the number of trees in the world as a store of life and giver of oxygen? Is that not progress, maybe? Or well, do we still want that... That, well, that. They're not. They're not very plentiful. It's not like trees grow on. Well, you know what yeah, I mean. You've been out at sea a lot, so trees grow right. on land. Oh. Mangroves. I'm sure you've run to some mangroves in time. They do. I. You've you've been. I'm sure you've been in uh, tangled up in those mangroves from time to time. Have you not? Oh, tangled up in the mangroves of the darkness of the seven seas. So mangroves are. As you probably know, one of the fastest growing trees uh, on the planet, partly because they're at the intersection of land and water. So why not, if we want to make progress and, and start moving over the next couple of thousand years away from, a, from our most violent instincts, what if we had trees as the um, basis? I've never had, I just had this idea. I'm sitting here looking at trees and thinking, why gold? Why not trees? Trees are natural. Gold is natural. Yeah, and it kind of does make sense because trees uh, do provide um, a renewable resource, which is, of course, breathable oxygen. And then uh, uh, they also uh, provide uh, fruit 
as well in some in some, yeah. some and, cases. And wood to build houses. Like our houses are built. They call it stick built. They're built out of I, wood. My ship is built with wood. Your ah, ship is built with wood. There you, know, you go. Ben, I think I agree with you. But, Wait, uh, so a lifelong advocate of the gold standard has you you're you've you jumped ship, as they might say, PD, on board to this, oh, this wood based currency. You're a clever one, aren't you, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I just, I'd love I, to stay and talk, but I do I do hear the sirens of the sea calling out to me and uh, I gotta follow them. You mean you're going to a brothel. Okay. Uh, good <laughs> good good uh hearing from you, PD. Thanks for joining us and, and Arr, thanks for having me. Good luck. Throwing your anchor down. Yeah. Good luck, boys. Thanks, man. Wow, that was that was really interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, sounds like Petey's a, a big fan of uh, going to uh, uh, trees as a tree-based uh, currency. Yeah, sounds pretty good to me. I mean, that seems interesting. Like, what if the amount of money that could circulate had to be limited in some way to the amount of trees? Which, of course, there's other way abstract ways to think of life and value. Yeah. But you know, keeping it simple, if we had to choose one. Why not trees? Trees. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't use gold at all. I use trees literally <laughs> every day. I'm looking at a tree right now. I'm probably breathing some of the oxygen that the, this tree is, is, uh, is giving me. And um, yeah, it's great. Um, so I think that we can go ahead and propose this. I, I do think we'll, we'll need the bully pulpit of the presidency uh, in order to sort of get some public support behind the idea of using trees as currency. So um, yeah. you want to dial up the Donald and see what he thinks about this? Oh, I was going to oh, I mean, I'd love to. I was saying, well, we got to wait for the Green New Deal, Green Revolution. Maybe it's going to be another 10 years. But hey, let's call Don. Yeah. Yeah, let's God, hit him yeah. up. Okay. All right. And it's ringing. All right, let me patch him in here. Hang on a sec. Let me patch him in. Oh, he picked up? I thought he okay. was on doing a press conference right now, but I guess maybe it was recorded earlier today. Ben, can you hear me? You there? Yeah. Hey, I just want to make sure, uh, Don, are, are you also... Uh, doing a press national press conference i was told right now did that end or are you just kind of multitasking here well we're, do, we're doing a we're doing a press conference as you know and uh, so but, let me ask you don now that i'm we're on national television right i'm just going to jump right to the chase uh could we make tree so could we make our currency tied to trees a tree-based currency the number of trees limit the growth of money well, a lot it? of people, a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people are saying, "Listen, Donald, you you've should... heard this before." Oh, I've heard this before. And look, <laughs> okay, look, uh, the plants, the large plants that grow out of the ground, are called trees. And not a lot of people know this, but they're fantastic plants. They're known as trees. They're big. There's all kinds of trees. There's apple trees. Okay. There's okay. Uh, uh, family trees. Okay. There's all kinds of trees. There's wonderful trees. Oh, family trees. trees, yes. Family trees. And, you know, I have a very, very wonderful family tree. And I think that using it as currency would be fantastic because I have a really great tree and a, a wonderful tree. And we have lots of great trees at Mar-a-Lago. And they're very wonderful. We have a lot of trees. And so, yeah, we're looking into it and we'll see. A lot of people are saying that. Could you, would you commit on national television that this will be one of your platforms when you, uh, well, if there is an election, I think uh, Lee and I might get back to talking about that, but would this be one of your platforms that we move to a tree-based currency? And well, yes. Listen, I think that people love trees. You have tree huggers, okay? 
You have mm-hmm. trade fuckers, right? But then okay. even the conservative people, even, you know, it's not just liberals who love trades. We have all kinds of very conservative, very tough people. There's very tough people out there, Ben, who love trees, okay? They're not just the wimps, okay? They're not just the liberals and the, the lamestream media. There's wonderful people who love trees. We have, we have lumberjacks, of course, who are wonderful tree cutters. They cut down the trees, and so I think they'll benefit greatly, fantastically, bigly from a tree-based economy, okay? And then you have people who live in trees, wonderful people, Swiss family, Robinson, wonderful family. They're a great family, folks. I knew the Swiss family, and they were great people, and they had a shipwreck. A uh, Petey the pirate shot the ship that the Swiss family Robinson was in. And then they landed and they built a wonderful house, terrific house, beautiful, beautiful house. And they lived there. And then Tarzan. Was hey, Don, just to get us back on. So, how would you, do you think so in the ongoing um, right. back and forth with China, uh, would you China. think going to a tree based economy or tree based currency? would uh, uh, help? Well, the Chinese, well, the Chinese are very tree rich, you see, and they have, okay. they have, there's many things. They have a bamboo tree, which is a wonderful type of tree. And ah. then they also have, they also have lots of, there's lots of broccoli in China. Okay. You got the Chinese broccoli, you got the regular broccoli, you got the broccolini and a broccoli is just like a little tree. You know, it's a small tree, yeah, little, that's like a tree, true. but it's very small. You could use it in a model. If you're building a mission for your fourth grade class, you could take broccoli, put a little broccoli there and get some trees. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I think China would benefit greatly. I think China would love a tree-based economy. Okay. Do you think that they would stop selling off their holdings of U.S. treasuries if we started saying, let's have a tree-based world currency? Well, a lot of people are saying that, but you know, we'll see. But I, I do think that they would. there would be a great... Terrific uh, sell-off, a huge sell-off. I think they would be selling trees bigly, but I think they would invest in American trees, redwood trees, and redwoods. Redwood trees, a cactus, which is another type of tree. It's a succulent, okay, but it's uh, also a tree. So these could okay. be there could be other things, other types of trees that could be offered as currency. So I think that we'd have a very diversified portfolio. So it's not, it's, so, so Trump, it's not that the trees are the currency. It's that the value of the currency is tied to it's based the health of on, the trees. Yes, based on the exactly. health of the trees. So we're not giving China a redwood tree in exchange for a bamboo tree. Do you get well, that, Don? Of course I get that. Of course I understand. I'm not stupid. I'm a very stable <laughs> genius. Okay, wonderful genius, terrific genius. Oh, okay. Wonderful, fantastic, brilliant genius. Okay. But, okay. So I understand that it's not just, you're not going to walk into... Home Depot and be like, I'd like a hot dog. And they're like, that would be five sticks. And then you hand them sticks. Unless you're a Harry Potter, then you could have a stick, a magical stick, and you could use that for a hot dog. But that's very different. Oh my God. That is. It's really hard um, to keep this guy on topic. I was about to ask you my question. Have you ever gone through a whole strain of thought that was actually directly related to the question? Well, you know, the thing about strains of thoughts. Well, you're still there, sorry. The things about strains of thoughts is that, you know, they're very stringy and they strain and they're very strained. And once I strained some, my mother, Mary, strained some pasta. Wait, you're, you're, you're. My mother, she cooked wonderful, cooked terrific. But you're saying your mother is a virgin Mary? My mother, Mary, Mary Trump, virgin Mary Trump. I was born via immaculate birth okay and she was straining pasta it was wonderful pasta it was great pasta from the great italian 
people, the wonderful people from Italy, and they have many great things from Italy. They have the pasta and the the the, the gangsters, and they came in. And they got a really bad rap, you know. The the Italians had a, a really terrible terrible rap, and that is really how I'm going to answer your question. Is the Italian Americans have been treated very poorly, which is why Cuomo, Governor Andrew, or whatever Cuomo, is very upset with me because the Italian people, a wonderful people, have been treated very poorly. So, Donald, can I ask you one other question? So, um, I, I saw that a lot of your Republican colleagues actually took out emergency funding to the right. USPS, right. which you've talked it's about trying to privatize that postal service, and even making a ploy to privatize Social Security. Is that still in your front or back pocket for the next couple of years? Well, of course, we're going to privatize everything. You know, we're looking into some wonderful privatization, which is All essentially right, so. what we're doing with the White House. We're privatizing it, and you know, it's, okay. we're doing very. Well, just well. to let you know that we're not going to let you do that, but you can try. Well, you know, we'll see. We're looking into it. My, my you know, a lot of people are saying that, and it could be or it could not be. So we'll see. A lot of people are looking into what? A lot of people are looking into seeing if that's going to be what they say. And, you know, people say it. So we'll see. Interesting. Interesting. Words are powerful. We're looking into seeing if people are going okay. to say Let's it. Let's just ask him some basic questions. And like, yes or no, one, two, three basic questions and see what the responses are. Ben, why don't you go ahead and start? Um, did you wake up this morning? Well, a lot of people wake up, okay? And when you wake up, you're not, there's a difference between waking up and getting up, okay? So you could be awake, right? But not to be up. So I'm up, you know, I'm awake, but I'm not up. Like I'm not doing my coffee or, or anything like that. You know what I'm realizing, Lee? He's like one of the preeminent mansplainers. I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't say I didn't know the difference. I asked, did you wake up? I don't care what. So okay. let's, do you want to ask him a question? Uh, no, you, you keep going. You keep, you're better at questions than I am. You ask him another one. Oh, I guess that's a compliment. Um, so another question. Um, did you drink coffee this morning? Well, coffee is a wonderful drink, and we have many Colombian Americans who bring coffee into the United States. In Colombia, the Colombians have had a great history, and they will bring many beans of coffee over. You know, it's not just... It's not just the coffee itself, it's the beans, and they're very terrific beans. So we're really, so, really excited about that. So if I could, so Lee, what I'm actually realizing is like, we know that the way that the mind works, that it's wired yeah. in all different ways. Yeah. Maybe the circuits to the yes and no's in his brain just aren't actually connected. Because I've never heard him say the okay. word yes or no ever. All right. I don't I think, think he knows those words. Okay. I think I know how to get him to say yes or no. Okay. So I think we have to, because we're trying to get... At, we're asking a yes or no question, okay? And that is getting this long rambling response. So if we mm. ask sort of like a like essay prompt kind ah. of question, something that would require like an introduction and some research and some supporting paragraphs and then a conclusion, we ask him a question like that, we might be able to short circuit his brain circuitry and get him to just um, answer yes or no questions. So um, yeah, you, do you have something like that, like a prompt? Um, do you have one? I could think of one if I needed to. Okay. Um, you have one ready? Yeah, I do. Mr. President. Yes, Lee. How can I answer your question? Oh, he said it. We did it. We did it. Well, he said, yes, Lee. So that's pretty good. Okay. okay. So, so we got him to say yes. Okay. 
um, you're a tricky little Jew. You know that you little bastard. You tricked me into saying yes. And you know, there's been lots of wonderful Jews. We have, I have many Jews. Okay, lots of great Jews. All right, but you're tricky. You're tricky people, and I don't trust you. Okay, I need to keep you around. You know, it's like you know what they say about the Jewish people. You know, can't live without them. And every time we try to kill them, they somehow survive and do great, fantastic things after that. Okay. Never uh, heard anyone say that, but yeah. Anyway. All right. Like, like, okay. Try. Have, have you come up with a uh, an essay yet? Essay prompt. Um, so I, I can also I just Google essay. essay. Let's just Google essay prompts. All right, Google, Google it up. Okay, um, essay. Let's just do hardest essay prompt. Okay. All right. So, oh, here we go. Fifteen college application essay prompts. These are great. Okay, so I'm going to chat these to you, Ben. Okay. And okay. Then, and then you're going to you're going to ask the Donald some of these questions. So does, does that sound okay, Don? Yeah, it sounds fine. Go for it. Just sitting here. Biding my time. You're on the national air still. I'm watching you actually talk on your cell phone while you put. Um, well, when they say on the air, it's really, you know, you're kind of in front of the air. You're being carried by the air. You're not really on the air, really, at all. You know, you can't be on air. You can be in air. So do you believe everything that Dr. Fauci is saying right now? And but, just... Well, Dr. Fauci is a wonderful guy, and he's saying a lot of fantastic things. But Right. Okay, do you have the, did you get the, the chat, the text? Uh, yeah, these are absolutely terrible questions. But um, I, I, All right, try I'm it trying out. to get him to say the word no. Is that right? Okay, so we got Brandeis University, their, their entry prompt, Hampshire, Kalamazoo College, Lehigh University, Stanford. All right, try Stanford's. So what matters to you and why? No. That worked. That worked. Okay, good. I mean, I bet All if right. you wrote that to, on your essay, you'd probably get in, especially if your parents donated enough money um, or owned a Tesla or something. But, um, you know, there is actually a Tesla store now on the Stanford campus. It's absolutely horrendous. Wow. But anyway, let's move on. Um, so, Donald, do you want to stick with us for a little while longer or do you, wanna, do you have to get back to the people? Well, I have to get back to the people, but I'm, I'm, you know, the people are here, you know, the wonderful people and, you know, we're talking to them and the great people, you know, fantastic, so wait, really terrific people. Before you go down, that's interesting. So when you think of the people, you don't think of all 350 million people in the U.S. or seven and a half billion in the world. You really just think about the people sitting in front of you at any given time. Those are the people that matter. Right. The people, the people, the beautiful people. The beautiful do you, people. Oh, Marilyn, do you, have you met Marilyn Manson? Marilyn, yeah, I met Marilyn. Marilyn Manson's a great guy, you know, great, great rock music. And he's a fantastic guy. And, you know, he's really wonderful. And I do know Marilyn. He's Didn't Carol King people. write that song, The Beautiful People? I think Carol King wrote every song between 1972 and like 1990. So what about Elton John? I thought he wrote a few too. He did, yes. The, song, the songs that she did not write, Elton John did. Interesting. Uh, Even all the backstreet Now it's Pharrell, I guess. I think Pharrell just writes every song, but I have no idea. Wow. I mean, it's good to have centralized. Sure. You know, I guess. Maybe. 
Yeah. All right, Don, um, thank you for joining us. Well, it's been an experience talking to you people. Oh, we're the people now. Thank you. Beautiful um, people. Fantastic. Go well and prosper, please. Thank you. Live long and may the force be with there is no spoon. Okay. What? A, he's <laughs> off the handle. Do we... Uh, um? Do we get Bernie? I mean, Bernie's actually doing a lot right now. Um, he is, Bernie's doing. He Bernie's could, the first. He he's the first candidate in presidential history who is currently doing his job. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a joke. I think it was a. Um, gosh, I can't remember the comedian who did this joke, but like, uh, was it? Anyway, he did this joke. <laughs> it was like. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's cool how like people can run for president, but then still keep their job in the Senate. It would be like if you had a job at Subway and you were the whole for two years trying to get a job at Togo's or something like that or Quiznos. I don't know. I don't fucking remember. Anyway, it, it, so, you know, most of the time, you know, see Joe Biden. I think the reason why Joe Biden is currently leading in the delegate count is he literally has no job. I think he is. Well, other than Pete Buttigieg, who was running, but he, he you know, he didn't had no job so you know he'd really in these times when it's kind of like everyone has to everyone's stepping up to a plate right now ben you're stepping up to the plate talking about some of the things that you've been doing delivering the food I, i've been trying to do my best step up to the plate and work on this recovery fund that we're doing at work that's you know um as the president would say it's a really fantastic terrific historical fund a lot of people are saying that we'll see um so i've been trying to help it in the in the way that i can and, yeah um important work you know and and of course you know, our man Bernard is, is trying to help in the way he can by doing his job, being a senator, advocating for not only the rights of his constituents, but the rights of, of the American citizens as a whole and uh, for <laughs> trying to defend the soul of our nation in the dark time. So he's actually yeah. doing his job. And, um, you know, it's interesting that you know, a lot of people were saying and we're looking into this a lot of, <laughs> that the, 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 race, the race was going to be over by March, the end of March. And it probably would have been, I, you know, it's sort of. The delegate math, it would have been very difficult for Bernard to, he basically would have had to be, he would have had to win by like crazy margins to close the gap on the delegate count, um, which he wasn't doing, which um, Joe Biden was suddenly doing. Um, but now the, 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 and we're going to talk about this a little bit in, in our last segment, um, but now that the election is like essentially on hold, like people are saying like, oh, are they going to put the election on hold? Are they going to postpone it? Like it's, Dude, it is on hold. <laughs> and yeah. uh, well, which brings us to the other fact of that, that the nominating process should not be this long. You know, it should basically be like you have like a month or two before the convention. It should be sort of like you campaign for a couple months. Then you have about a month or two of actual voting and you kind of just move across the the country in terms of your voting and then you go to the convention it's all settled out like the fact that this this primary has been going on for two years is just exhausting um but now <laughs> it's essentially come to a standstill bernard has a job to do he's a u.s senator uh joe biden is just you know old retired guy so doesn't really have anything to do so he's his candidacy is sort of like stuck in place and uh you know I, i'm not gonna be go oh poor joe um you know, because there's so much suffering going on. You know, we've um, by by the time you listen to this podcast, more people will have died uh, of the COVID-19 virus in the United States than than on September 11th. 
So in this dark time, I don't really want to say, oh, poor Joe. But it is hella funny that Joe Biden has, for the last 30 to 40 years, been trying to become the nominee for the president. Mm-hmm. Just every possible fucking time he could get in there, he was. she's been trying to run for the presidency. And it just has not worked. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, like the fucking clouds parted and the heavens opened up and there was angelic voices and, you know, uh, um, you know, the beckoning hand of the almighty. He suddenly was winning every single fucking primary and just by these crazy margins, everyone just backed out and endorsed him. And it was like, finally, he was like, yes, Lord, now is my time. And then <laughs> like I, the, the, after this act of God, an act of Satan occurs and completely ruins any momentum that his campaign has had. All of these, uh, the, the, the rest of the um, primaries that he needs to, to clinch the, the nomination are like being stalled or having low turnout. Uh, and it, he's just literally stuck in his house uh, trying to Zoom chat America and bailing it's, miserably. It is, it is amazing. It's pretty funny. If there, it, it, like everything that's happening right now, if there wasn't so many chief justices seats at stake, this would all be fucking hilarious. Right. Um, and then he says things like, well, he doesn't want to be too political right now. Yeah. You're running for president. So it's just a fucking liability now having him as the nominee. It, 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 it's, it's funny. Like a couple of weeks ago, my thought was, ah, you know, Bernie should stay in the race until, uh, until all of the, the primaries are done. But like, let's face it, this is essentially looking like it's 90% going to go Joe's way. Unless some crazy cataclysmic event occurred, it looks like Joe is going to be the no- win the nomination earlier. And, you know, was sort of prepping myself for, for Bernard to, uh, to drop out and sort of trying to talk myself into like, all right, you know, you don't agree with a lot of Joe's uh, you know, history over the years, you know, you, I, I like him personally in, in, in a way, um, but he does not really stand for what I stand for politically. It is good that it seems like, you know, some of the other candidates, especially Bernie have been nudging him towards more leftward opinions. And yeah, I, I think I can, if I voted for, you know, for Hillary, I could hold my nose and vote for Joe, you know, and I, you know, let's just, let's rally behind him and do the best we can. And, you know, we'll hope that he can do it. Now I'm just like, oh, he's a fucking liability. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, like just not equipped to, to, to deal with this right now. And so in a moment where we're seeing so many people step up to the plate, we're seeing, you know, honestly, like at this point, I want, at this point, Anthony Fauci is basically president. So I, it's like, we've, We've, we're in this world where we just fucking hate expertise. It's really the, the, the sort of the death of um, the death of like respecting um, people's professional expertise. Like we all think mm-hmm. we know better. Oh, well, you know, my doctor says I should do this, but I'm just going to, you know, fucking do this instead. Or like, oh, they're on TV telling us to do this. Well, you know, fuck them. I'm not going to do We're in this, this, and it's one thing to think for yourself, but it's another thing to just like not listen to scientists, you know, and just not, you know, immunize your kids or not care about climate change or not care about the coronavirus. But we're, we're, we've pushed so far against expertise that we have picked you know, as a president, the person with the least expertise on any of the things that matter to the presidency, um, mm-hmm. except for being on TV, which is the thing that you need the most 
being cool on TV, being fun on TV is the thing you need the most to be president, to become president. But to be president, you need at least expertise in some areas of domestic and foreign policy and economics or the ability to rely on people with expertise. So Some discernment. Exactly. So we've totally gone the opposite direction. And then not only does he have not have any expertise, but even worse, he doesn't listen to the experts. So, and I think that people are so exhausted by this just like, fucking calamity of uh, incompetence that it's refreshing to have someone like Anthony Fauci be like, okay, uh, no, here are the facts and here's what you should do. Okay. And, um, you know, there's all of these, there's like the draft Cuomo movement where they're like, look at, look at, uh, look at uh, uh, governor Cuomo or look at Gavin Newsom. Uh, you know, look at any of these governors. They're showing so much more executive leadership, uh, than um than our, our current president and it's like yeah sure like you know compared to him they are better leaders this isn't necessarily going to mean that you know cuomo who has been dying to be president for almost as long as joe biden if not longer that we should just draft him onto the ticket yeah it's because <laughs> also look at like the things like bernie did an hour and 20 minutes in his office where yeah. he interviewed people from you know, some of them were epidemiologists, some of them doctors, yeah. some of them other, um, yeah. you know, organizers to give people a, a full sense of what's going on. Because we do want leadership, but it doesn't still have to be the authoritarian model, which yeah. Cuomo is still doing, which is saying, like, I'm going to tell you everything that's going on and what we're doing. It's going to be my sole voice. Yeah. So you want, you know, you do need leadership, but leadership comes in all shapes and forms. And yeah. so what you're saying is totally accurate. Like, we're we're judging people's leadership in sure. relation to uh, Trump. And like That's you're saying, that doesn't not a helpful a comparison. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What are we learning here, folks? Yeah. I mean, that's but, the thing um, is this, this whole pandemic has just completely sucked the oxygen out of everything. And uh, like people are freaking out too much. Like, um, and, and you know, I will, I will, um, I'm not just going to point my finger. I'll point my finger back on myself. Um, Yesterday on Amelia's pod on This Is Trash, she was talking about a story, uh, um, but uh, I guess I'll go ahead and repeat it. I was jogging in, uh, in my neighborhood here in, in uh, sunny Los Angeles, California, and uh, there's a stairway uh, between Avenue, uh, I guess Avenue 65 or something, um, and uh, I use this when um, I don't want to go on long jogs or go too far. I have this special exercise where I spend about 20 minutes running up and down these steps. And uh, last week I went over and I saw like a kind of a long line or like a group of people at the top of the stairs kind of waiting for something. I was like, oh, great. What's going on? So I go up there and I see this older guy with, uh, you know, his friend or wife or partner or something. And uh, uh, they're kind of climbing up the stairs and stopping everyone from from getting on the stairs and and so i try to i try to go around <laughs> the people who are waiting and kind of peek at what's going on and the guy um is like stop there's someone on the stairs okay just give us a moment okay and uh i was like oh, okay uh, the, you know and th these people were gonna gonna wait but i was like you know what? i'm gonna take a lap i'm gonna run around do you know a quarter mile half mile and, and then come back and I think that that should give this person sufficient time to, to walk up the stairs. So I take my lap, come back around and I'm about to run down the stairs and I see the guy who's basically in the same position. And I'm like, you know, what? fuck it. I'm just going to run past him. It's not a big goddamn deal. I'm not going to 
you know, make out with him. I'm just going to walk past him. And so I start jogging. And again, he goes, stop, there's someone on the stairs. And I was like, hey, 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 buddy, if you're that freaked out, you need to go home. And he was like, I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just, you just give me a moment, just give me a moment. And I, I was like, you know, I, I, I did, I took a lap, but you need to get off the stairs. And, and, and if you're that freaked out, you need to go home. But come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, so he starts like shuffling up the stairs. There was a couple of people uh, that were still over there as well. And uh, they were just kind of standing dumbfounded. And the thing is like, I have been so good about quarantine. I've quarantined longer and harder than anyone else the second our company <laughs> shut down. I shut down our office. Some people still came in, but shut down our office, came in here, shut down handsome headquarters, been in total fucking lockdown quarantine, face masks and gloves when we go to the store, just totally. And so like, but trying not to be fucking crazy or scared or whatever. Um, and so it was sort of, this was my one little moment of the day to like get outside and kind of reflect and, and blow off some steam and not be quarantined. And so to see someone a freaking out, freaked me out to see someone who was like kind of accusing me of not taking this seriously when I had been taking it very seriously, was also upsetting. Also like, I just, I get, I just get, I get annoyed when people tell me what to do. It's happened before. Like this one time that this lady told me she was a vet and told my wife and I that we were making our dog walk too fast or something. This kind of shit just pissed me off. So anyway, I tell the guy to get up the stairs and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I, and I, I turned to him and I was like, it's all right. We're all in this together. And I let him pass. He let him get off the stairs. And then his, his wife or his partner or friend, girlfriend, whatever, she kind of passed. And she was like, so fucking embarrassed. Just, wow. So you see some. I have not seen a single actual person freaking out. I must say. Um, so you've actually seen something like that. That is yes. This person fascinating. Fuck out on me. But then we we just had a situation. We went to Target. We needed a few supplies, and uh, I and this like this woman came up to us. Well, she was already sort of like talking unsolicited to other people like someone was trying to figure out where the toys were and she's like the toys are over there and i was like okay we need to like <laughs> avoid this person I, you know and uh she just we had our dog with us and she immediately came up to miss money penny and was like touching her and like rubbing her mouth all over her and my wife and i were just like fucking mortified and did neither of us really need what to do i just like just backed off grabbed the cart and like tried to walk away and Amelia and the dog just kind of like froze. I could tell that the dog was freaked out too. And so I think we were, we were just all a little freaked out. And like, it, it was just like, after spending all of this time trying to like avoid, you know, making dangerous contact, someone is just like rubbing her face all over our shit. And I was just like mortified. But then part of me was like, yeah, like, but it probably didn't do anything. And like also you know what's the big fucking deal and what are we supposed to do just like slap the lady in the face shove her on the ground run away screaming go no stop there are people in this cart um and so we just brought her home and you know i gave my dog a bath and she dog needed a bath anyway because i let her go in the dirt this morning so anyway my wife just held up a sign that says let ben talk <laughs> 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 no way dude I, I, i've had my moment we need to keep the word count at a good like 60 40 yes. i think 
or sixty five thirty five. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had my my my. Um, I got across some of the stuff that I yeah. that I want on the record. You know, like I always give you time to the world do whatever turns. bullshit you want to say. You know, bullshit. No, I'm telling things. Rip, <laughs> no, things you said that, that stuff. as I see them. That when they may or may not pass. You know. No, I greatly respect your opinion. One of the smartest guys that I know, which is why. You know, I really wanted you to to join the team here at Handsome Headquarters here as we move into Talk on the Internet, uh, season 69. And um, I hope that you stay around for season 420, which will be our next season. Um, okay. But, yeah. Should so, we start doing um, – do we want to keep these weekly during our whole I up? think so. Or should we do we'll them daily? We'll see how shitty this sounds. We'll see how shitty this sounds. But I think everyone is just, everyone's been so used to being on Zoom calls. Like, if – to the to the like one person in Denmark who listens to the show or whatever who might have been listening to this, I think people maybe know that like one of the reasons why like I'll go through these like spurts of a bunch of content and then like things hold up is like I do take things like I, I do bring I want to craft things, I want things to sound good. Like my whole thing here is like I want to I'm playing radio, like I want things to sound a certain way. And Sometimes that's the detriment. And in the past two weeks, I've actually, I recorded an episode with you. I recorded a couple episodes by myself and then also recorded like some stuff and have not released any of it. And this is, there's plenty of as much garbage as there is on this feed. There's plenty of unreleased stuff too. So um, I just have to get over that and realize that. Yeah. I think we should throw this one up. I think this was a good one today, Lee. Oh, we're going to throw this shit up, bro. When I say I want to see what it sounds like, but I'm just going to see what it sounds like. But Yeah, let's hope it recorded yeah. me. Like, what if it just didn't work? Yes, and uh, I am. we are using my, uh, our, our company's uh, Zoom uh, or uh, meeting line. So I think technically this is the, now the intellectual property of our unnamed, um, unnamed yeah. organization. The U.S. calls it intellectual property. China calls it sharing. So in the, in the, in the, um, <laughs> Yeah, so in the parlance of our times, let's say we're all sharing. Sharing is caring. Yeah. Uh, knowledge should be out there. It should be free yes. information. Right, um, and the idea that I would consider this to be my intellectual property is totally insane anyway. But if NFF, yeah. who, I mean, if beep, wants to uh, uh, release this content or a- attempt to make it somehow proprietary content as part of their, their service offerings, uh, God bless. God bless. <laughs> I know. I, I always like try to tell people like at our work who are interested in what we do. I'm like, do not listen to it. This is in no way affiliated with what we, we do. Yeah. Um, so if you are, if you are a client of the, of boop and you are listening to this, uh, just know that, um, you are overpaying. Um, okay. So, uh, any other final thoughts today? I think I got some out of stuff I wanted to share with the world. Yeah. Um, I thank all of our listeners. Um, yeah. If you ever, you know, also if, you, if they ever have questions about some of the stuff we talk about, yes. we do talk about a lot of, we joke around a lot, but we actually do put yes. out there a lot of information that doesn't always get a lot of mainstream press, but it is, um, it is real and it has documented yeah. either evidence or facts behind it. Or just sometimes it's philosophical, and maybe this is one way to, to view things. So I, I encourage anyone, if they ever want, they should reach out to us. We could start a, yes. a dialogue. Re- um, you can reach out to one of my burner emails, like buyhustle at gmail.com, as in you can't buy hustle. Um, 
and we could have them on the show at some point. Like it would be great to get one of our listeners uh, calling in. Yeah. Um, well, by the way, so, yeah, let's let's so throw many, this up. I've been using so many fake emails and fake names now to sign up for things that I have actually started getting phone calls to uh, Felix Leiter, who is a character from the James Bond films, now played That's by Jeffrey Wright. It's awesome. A dude called it's me working. from from a uh, Dodge dealership to see if I was interested uh, in their uh, line of exciting vehicles. And it was like, this oh, is surveillance capitalism, something that we'll <laughs> talk awesome. about in a, in a later episode. Just uh, some poor sales guy calling a character from Live and Let Die and uh, asking if he wants to uh, buy a 2020 Dodge Charger, um, which I never will. Um, so yeah, I if you, not. so shoot us, slide into the DMs at Internet Batman on both, uh, Twitter and, and the gram uh, or send an email to buy hustle at gmail.com. And awesome. uh, well, yeah, so that's about it for this week. Um, coming at you from handsome headquarters in Corona stricken lockdown, Los Angeles, California for Ben for Pete, the pirate for uh, Donald John Trump. Thanks for joining. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Ben. Sayonara. Sayonara. This is the part where your baby boomer parents point their finger at the screen and think that they're off, but they're like, hey, I see what you're doing.